Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 34 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen. I'm the director of Sem Positive, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Nicholas Marchesi and Lucas Patchett. In October 2014, two best mates had a crazy idea to put two washing machines and two dryers in the back of a van and wash and dry clothes for free. Nicholas Marchesi and Lucas Patchett, the 2016 Young Australians of the Year, founded Own Sky Laundry, a world first free mobile laundry service for the homeless. On a mission to improve hygiene standards, Nick and Lucas stumbled on something much bigger and more significant, the power of a conversation. Now facilitated by more than 700 volunteers across the country, Own Sky Laundry aims to positively connect the community. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Lucas and Nick's journey as they share their experience starting up and growing Orange Sky Laundry. We'll get their insights and perspective on the fundamental ingredients for success, and we'll get their tips and advice for starting and scaling new social enterprises. Nick and Lucas, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Guys, to start off, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you down the path of tackling this global problem of homelessness? I guess it's been a really strange, strange path. Lucas and I grew up in in Brisbane and we used to be best mates and over the last 33 months have spent way too much time together. But uh, what we wanted to do in October 2014 was something really simple. We wanted to put two washing machines and two dryers in the back of a van here in Brisbane and drive it around and wash and dry clothes for our homeless friends for free. It was something that we would do um, outside of work hours or something that we'd do to engage and catch up with our mates. And it was something that we were going to do really to challenge ourselves, to, to give something a go. And what we did stumble on in the streets of Brisbane um, very quickly was something that hadn't been done anywhere in the world and something that did much more uh, than wash and dry clothes. Like you talked about, we, we found the power of a conversation. So um, over the last, last two and a half years, we've been able to grow um, Orange Sky to 13 laundry vans now around Australia, mm. uh, washing and drying about 5.8 tonne of free laundry every week. Uh, got about 850 volunteers running Orange Sky Australia. We've also grown into shower services. So we've got three vans in Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne that uh, facilitate about 200 safe hot showers for homeless friends each and every week. But um, really what we're most excited to share is that you know, the 400,000 kilos of free laundry and the amazing showers, um, far from that, the biggest impact we've had is in those conversations. Um, Orange Sky to date has fostered over 100,000 hours of really great conversations. Mm, yeah, fantastic. So you've seen a lot of growth in the last couple of years. So what are your future plans? How are you guys going to take this forward? Orange Sky, what we want to continue to do is live out the mission of positively connecting communities. So if that's through 100 laundry vans, 1,000 shower vans, we're not too sure what that looks like right now. What we want to do is continue to scale outwards and then scale up. So um, the 16 vans that we have out there in operation every day of the week all around Australia, they can be operating 24 hours a day. We really want to challenge how charities use their assets, how you know we use our assets to 
um, deliver those services if it's through um, washing and drying clothes for free, which is what we do all around Australia every day, or um, delivering you know social impact washing through our Orange Pathways program. The Orange Pathways program currently employs one guy full time and eight people casually, and, and what that program looks like is a uh, um, commercial washing contracts with local businesses, local football clubs, local cafes, and we wash and dry all their aprons, their uniforms, or, or whatever washing um, they have, they have, and then we train and employ our homeless friends to carry out those contracts. So at the moment. That operates here in Brisbane. We've done some pilot programs in Perth and in Sydney, um, but we want to grow that all around Australia. We want to turn those 10 people into 130 people that are trained and employed through our programs, and that's a, a really exciting thing about once we've got all those assets out there, we can continue to utilise them um, more and more and um, create bigger impact, create revenue streams for Orange Sky, but you know, continue living that mission of connecting the community. Mm, fantastic. So what have been your biggest challenges until now, and what advice would you give to others to get around them? That's a, a great question. I think that um, the list is is, is probably um, you know hundreds of challenges every day that have grown into to the thirty three months. But I think that the challenges have evolved. I think that the challenge when we first started was that this hadn't been done before, and we weren't, and we still aren't um, washing machine experts. We're not homelessness experts. We're just two mates that said, you know, let's give this a crack. And you'd walk into washing machine experts. And they'd say, you know, washing machines aren't designed to go on the back of a van. You're not going to be able to power them. You're not going to be able to water them or give water to them. Um, people won't wash and dry their clothes in the park. And um, we were like, sure, let's let's give it a go. And they gave us washing machines and we broke them. And uh, then, you know, we had to start taking this a bit more seriously because we'd sign lots of bits of paper and we are funding it ourselves. And, you know, we were still working full-time. Like I said, uni exams coming up. Put new washing machines in the van. Broke them again. This is this is a bit awkward, you know, that maybe mm. these people are, are right and made a few changes and, and, and sort of decided to change our structure and take it seriously and then, you know, got another set of washing machines in there and started to see donations from 24 countries around the world and, you know, I remember waking up one morning and seeing thousands of emails and calling Lucas and saying, you know, like, what happened last night? Uh, we've got a huge challenge now is that we've got money from all these countries. How do we spend it? Uh, then you have challenges of growth, you know, how mm. do we... Um, still work full time and run Orange Sky and that was our, our problem in 2014 is that we were slowly growing and we had people relying on our service and it wasn't something that we'd wake up and say oh let's go take the van out it was that people were waiting to wash and dry their clothes mm. so the challenge was is then growing a, a team and that was our mates or our parents that would chuck the keys in our street and they'd jump in the van and, and take it out um, our, our challenges then growing from I'd say one to six vans was uh, or eight vans rather, was doing it all ourselves. Mm. We've only had staff for about 14 months and a lot of magic took place at Orange Sky. Um, we were able to grow, build and, and sort of start our impact spreading across Australia. But also we had to, Luke's and I learned a lot in that period around what it looks like to volunteer, how do we do it sustainably. But we made lots and lots of mistakes, mm. um, which really... Um, set a solid foundation of where Orange Sky is today and we'll still have multiple challenges. Our biggest challenge now is that we have um, an audience, um, a respected audience in an environment where every week 1,200 hours of conversation take place on orange chairs around Australia and how do we add extra layers of value to that whether it be through um, what Lucas was talking about in the Orange Pathways program, whether it be through connecting our homeless friends with the internet whether it be that now um, 30% of our volunteers are mental health first aid trained. How can we continue to do that? But then also this daunting problem that 
Um, there are homeless people all around the mm. world and we're still the only people in the world that we think are delivering a really basic service of clean clothes and conversations mm. and we sort of want to grow that and that'll be a big challenge for Lucas and I personally is seeing Orange Sky grow into places like New Zealand and then hopefully into America and how do we do that on a governance side of thing but also a challenge is that we don't um, deviate from our core mission, which is in what we start to do, which is help homeless friends in sure. Australia. Absolutely. So in 2016, you were both awarded the honour of being the Young Australians of the Year. So what were the highlights and takeaways of that year for you both? 2016 was a pretty crazy year and, and being yeah. awarded Young Australians of the Year was a tremendous honour for, for Nick and I, but I think more so um, it really... Far from Nick and Lucas, the award was a reflection of all our incredible volunteers, hard work, and it put a shot, uh, shone a spotlight onto Orange Sky, but also onto homelessness on a broader scale. So we had, you know, started the year with five vans and about 250 volunteers, and finished that year with um, 12 vans and over 600 volunteers. Mm. So it really um, put Orange Sky into the spotlight. It allowed us to grow significantly mm. quickly. Um, Nick and I had a had a really crazy year of um, presenting lots of times to to everyone from five people in a boardroom to a thousand people at a big conference. It was um, um, really awesome to be able to put Orange Sky into that spotlight, uh, more importantly to grow it. And at the end of the day, what we want to do and what we want to achieve is to continue to help our homeless friends. So being able to do that um, for more people every second of the day was, was amazing. There's mm. so many stories um, from the year, I think. We got to see some amazing parts of Australia and um, tell people who'd never heard about Orange Sky about Orange Sky and about the awards process and, and lots of different things. But, um, yeah, again, coming back to that spotlight on our volunteers and our homelessness in general. Mm, fantastic. So what tips would you give to other young people from around the world who are passionate about using their career or studies to, to tackle a social problem, but they just don't quite know how or where to start? I, I think it, it sounds so simple, but just giving it a go. Like I said earlier, Lucas and I weren't washing machine experts. We um, weren't homelessness experts. But I think what we both had was curiosity and passion, uh, and we liked a challenge. And this was a big challenge for us, but it was also something that we had to motivate each other. Mm. It um, took a lot of talking about it and a lot of you know just, just chats and then sitting down one day and it's like, well, let's actually do it. Let's, let's yeah. go and get the machines. And I think also our confidence growing. You know, It only took one washing machine company to say, sure, we'll give you the machines to give us that confidence to be like, yeah, now let's go to Bunnings and all these hardware stores and do it. Yep. Um, but then, you know, you break the machines and then you get the confidence from the homeless friend that was there waiting to wash and dry his clothes and our shared disappointment. And then you get it working and then um, someone says, oh, I want one of these, another one of these, here's the check. And you get that confidence to keep on growing. Mm. Uh, then you have volunteers rocking up. So I think it is giving it a go. And, you know, looking back now, if we were here today and it was like, let's grow a charity that um, is all around Australia and it's got a thousand volunteers um, and it's got all this capital out there helping people, we probably would have walked past and said, you're dreaming, mm. um, purely because that is something that has been an evolution. But yeah. step by step, challenge by challenge, we've been able to do it. And mm. I think now, you know, our forecast was always going to be like the next shift or the next... Um, van that we're rolling out whereas now the more we grow we can look at well, what does orange sky look like at the end of next year and um, that becomes less daunting when you're not trying to find the next screw to build the van uh, you're looking at you know where the next van will be in the yeah. world fantastic so how have you seen the social enterprise sector transform and change since starting out a few years ago i think there's been tremendous growth in in the sector i think um, a lot more people now are focusing in on how can they make 
their business or their enterprise or their not-for-profit more socially sustainable. We, mm. uh, when we first started, what we wanted to do was help people. We registered a not-for-profit purely because um, that was the best avenue for us to go down. That was the quickest way for us to grow was by getting um, significant philanthropic donations as opposed to angel investment or, or anything like that. But that that was the model that allowed us to grow. Mm. I think there's a, a huge amount and there's about to be some massive changes in technology and how we use technology um, in this social sector. The you know, not-for-profits, there's 54,000 not-for-profits in Australia. Um, they employ over a million people every year. It's a massive, massive mm. industry in Australia. Um, but also there's a significant, I think, lagging with, with challenging um, other organisations with, with tech-based solutions for, for things, things with automation and, and lots of different things yep. that are coming along so quickly. It's going to not only change the social sector but the, the whole of Australia. I think um, looking at you know, how business can be more socially conscious as well. If you could get a, a big organisation that employs 50 or 100,000 people to commit to saying, well, 1% of the people that we employ are going to be formally homeless or are going to be you know, with a disability or, or whatever sector mm. they fall into, I think that's when you can start getting large-scale impact. We're, we're not suggesting that we can employ 105,000 homeless Australians, which is how many are out there, but um, if we can challenge another big company that can employ a big chunk of that, then we can start inspiring big change in the community. Mm. We've recently seen the Victorian government launch Australia's first social enterprise strategy to improve that sector support. So looking at not-for-profit sector or social enterprise sector from a policy perspective, what do you believe the key steps the government need to take in order to help and foster this sector? I, I think it's, it's going back to we're very new to, to this sector, but what we've seen is that um, homelessness, one or two or three things can go wrong and someone can very quickly find themselves living on the streets. And um, I think that the whole world is changing in a place where we can move fast. Mm -hmm. Before, in, in, in years gone by, you'd have to spend years um, collating research and then implementing a strategy and then building a house to um, you know, accommodate for um, tourists or accommodate for people that were homeless or, or disadvantaged, whereas a, a group like Airbnb come on board and they empower um, people from all around the world to, to go on, on holidays. And you see that with the transport industry, the finance industry, and we haven't seen it yet in the homelessness industry. Um, homeless friends are still out there um, one or two, th three things go wrong in their life and they find themselves mm. homeless. But um, being agile and responsive is, I think, where um, on a policy note we need to change, is that we need to um, not wait four years for the next census to come out to realise we've seen an increase in uh, you know younger people that were homeless and then grow out our support services for mm. that. The exciting thing with Orange Sky is that we've got vehicles that can be on the road 24 hours a day, seven days a week anywhere, and our challenge is to help as many demographics as possible but live out our core mission which is connecting people mm. so um, we definitely are naive in thinking that orange sky is a solution to homelessness it isn't uh, but it's a big step in the way of connecting service providers that are all doing great things mm. um, tonight in australia 105,000 aussies are homeless and there's 308,000 services available for all those homeless friends out there so we are in a community that are that is doing great stuff. We just need to be more efficient around how we connect, and mm. if we get that right um, and get those conversations right, I think that um, Australia will be a better place. Mm. And I think just coming back to that, you know, how government looks at it and stuff, then there needs to be some more, I think, definitions of what a social enterprise is. There's um, at one end you've got enterprise and business, at one end you've got not for profit, and in the middle you've got social enterprise, and it's very three pronged at, at the moment. It is it is very much a spectrum. You've got social enterprises who purely 
or a business and then they give away a percentage of their profit and they claim to be a social enterprise. Then you've got a social enterprise that empowers people and employs people to you know, handle logistics or to package things or, or whatever mm. it is. So there, there's a definitely a spectrum there. What I really want to see and what I'm passionate about seeing is how can you get an organisation that covers off a, a broader range of that spectrum in that a lot of your profits can be reinvested into a charity, but also that production, that maintenance, that ongoing support of that product can be completely done by the sector that you want to be working in. If it's for us around um, commercial washing contracts, if we can have every single step of the way facilitated and done by someone who's formerly homeless, I think we can say that we're creating a massive impact mm-hmm. rather than just commercially washing clothes and giving the money back to Orange Sky. I think you can really build and empower people from the ground up yeah. um, to, to build that impact. Really interesting insights there. So are there any countries that you believe are really leading the charge when it comes to social innovation? And what are they doing that you think Australia could adopt? I, I guess I sort of only look at the four walls of Australia sometimes and, and probably um, it's, it's funny how um, much of a bubble you, you get into and an orange sky is Luke Snyder's lives and we are excited and motivated by other groups doing really great things but I think also we're, we're not an outsider looking in, we're an insider maybe just poking our head out every mm. so often. So I definitely wouldn't be the, the right person to, to do uh, or, or talk about that but I think that um, you know organisations that excite me are ones I was talking about before that, um, you know, social impact or impact or profit and not-for-profit, it's all that underlying core principles of um, adapting to using the world's resources more efficiently to overcome a problem. And whether that be that Uber found a way to um, get people around more efficiently, what is the Uber for homelessness? And Mm -hmm. and what is that around that we can can do? And and those organisations excite me. Um, But also organisations that realise that um, they can impact people, and um, mm. that excites me. Yeah. So stripping it back to the fundamental ingredients for building a successful organisation, what do you think they are? I think I think it comes back to knowing what your purpose is and then defining that product. So for us, um, very early on, our purpose was purely to improve the hygiene standards of the homeless, and very quickly we realised it was much, much more than that. It was you know, people coming together, having a chat, connecting back with the community, but also what was the product associated with that. Our product, you know, it's not big and scary. It's not something that's not tangible. It's $6 for a load of washing. And anyone can can buy into that. You might buy a 1,000, you might buy 10, you might buy one. Anyone can really see that impact. Anyone can see stories that we share in our social media. And we're very close to being able to connect those washers with those donors. Every single wash that happens in our van all around Australia, it's got a name, it's got a location, it's got... You know, what's in the wash, it's got what time it happened and where it happened, and mm. um, we can connect that with that donor and they can really see that tangible connection with, with our service. I think um, for us, it's, you know, again, knowing that product and, and knowing your purpose. Yeah, fantastic. So drawing to a close now, what are some of the other inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you believe are creating some really positive social change? Nick and I were lucky enough to be in the States a couple of weeks ago, um, and one of our now, only similar organisations similar to Orange Sky in the whole entire world is based in San Francisco. It's a group called Lava May and they provide showers on the streets for homeless people in San Francisco and, and Los Angeles as well. So for Nick and I, I was almost you know, meeting our heroes. They started four months before us and they mm. have experienced you know, similar growth to what we have in a, in a very, you know, California's a very affluent, very rich um, community, especially in a place like Silicon Valley where there is a significant amount of money going around for not-for-profits, homelessness in San Francisco does smack you in the face when, when you get there. So um, meeting almost our, 
our not-for-profit heroes a few weeks ago is mm. pretty cool. And I'm um, seeing the impact again that a simple shower can have, but also when talking to them about bringing Orange Sky to San Francisco and to, and to LA, they're incredibly excited. They really want to see um, you know, Orange Sky partner up with Lava May. Over there, we can operate every single location that they are already operate. They've got the permits. They've got the you know, things that they need to operate there. So it's going to be incredibly easy for us because they've forged that path mm. and forged that way forward for us. And, and seeing someone else do a service similar to us and um, seeing positive impact is, is really cool. Yeah, sounds really inspiring. So to finish off then, what are the top three books that you'd recommend to our listeners? I'd be, be lying if I say I could read books. So um, I, uh, my mum would be, be so impressed if I did. But um, I, I think um, you know a book and, and movie that I really like is Into the Wild and talking about um, how you really define yourself and, and what um, you know challenges is something that that's rings through that book. And, and my favourite quote comes from that book, which is, um, happiness is only real when shared. And I think that um, for Orange Sky, we um, day-to-day come into situations where people um, are left alone and through a really simple thing like a conversation, um, something so simple like, or something so um, bold like happiness can be achieved through something so simple. But um, Lucas is the big reader um, out of us two. Um, we're halfway through Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell at the moment, which I'm, I'm really enjoying. I'm pretty maths and science so having someone you know, break all these complex things down into mm. pure numbers is, is really interesting to see. So yeah. um, I don't have a third one to add, I'm sorry. What's your favourite, Tom? My favourite, <laughs> flick it back to me, it's just going to put me on the spot. I think there's a lot of really, really good ones out there. One that I read a long time ago was A Fortunate Life by A.B. Facey, which is a really classic Australian story of someone growing up in the bush in Australia. So one I'd probably recommend to you guys. There's three. Great. So Nick and Lucas, I've really, really appreciated your generous insights and time today. Thanks so much for sharing. And we'll look forward to touching base with you guys again in the future. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.